0: to the UFC New York conference call. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time, I'd like to turn the conference over to Mr. Dave Schaller. Please go ahead, sir.
1: Thank you, hello everyone, and welcome to a historic UFC conference call following today's New York State
2: Assembly passage of legislation to legalize and regulate professional mixed martial arts in the state of New York. We are pleased to be having this call today, joined by our chairman and chief
1: executive officer, Lorenzo Fertita, our senior executive vice president and chief operating officer, Lawrence Epstein, our senior vice president of government and regulatory affairs, Mark Ratner, and lastly, Hofstra University grad, uh, Baldwin, New York, native and former UFC middleweight champion, the pride of New York, Chris Weidman. At this time, we'll open it up to the first question.
0: And thank you. If you would like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, please press star 1 to ask a question. We'll pause for just a moment to allow everyone an opportunity to signal for questions. And we go first to Lance Tugmeyer with Los Angeles Times.
2: Hi, Lorenzo.
3: Uh, Congratulations. I just wanted to ask you, how long will it take for the uh,
2: governor to sign this and for the regulations to be passed? And when, when do you plan to stage the first UFC event in New York?
4: Sure. So um, we're hopeful that the uh, governor who has in the past been supportive, obviously said he will sign the bill. We're hoping that he will sign the bill uh, in fairly short order here. Um, once that happens, then the, the New York State Athletic Commission will have to promulgate rules, adopt rules and regulations. And we are hopeful that we will be holding um, one, possibly two events uh, before the end of the year here in 2016.
3: Okay, great. Thank you so much. Yep.
0: And we go now to Kevin Ioli with Yahoo Sports.
5: Hi, guys. Congratulations, Lorenzo. Um, My first question is actually for Mark. Uh, Mark, if I could ask you, you've been at this for a long time, you know, the guy on the ground, so to speak, and I wonder if you can talk about uh, what you think changed and how you finally were able to get this through this time after so many near misses. I think it was
6: as much about education and and talking to these people over and over again that we finally got to the point where they they started realizing that it it is a sport and that it needs Regulated, and and, uh, all our trips up there, and these road trips, and with Lawrence's help, and Lorenzo's help, and Dana's help, and all all worked, and certainly bringing the fighters up there was such a big thing. And Chris did a fabulous job the last time we were taking our road trip. So it's just a combination of everything, but it's very exhilarating.
5: Um, A couple other questions, if I could. Um, For Chris, first of all, you know, when you were listening to that today and you heard them talking about UFC fighters or or not UFC fighters, MMA fighters, you know, have a higher rate of domestic violence and talking about the brain trauma, did that concern you? Like, did you leave to go to the gym with the feeling that this may not pass?
7: You know, I I was pretty optimistic throughout the whole thing. And and some of the things that uh, they were saying were, were so ridiculous that I was actually happy and embarrassed for them for even bringing it up. And it's things I've heard people behind closed doors might be saying, but to actually hear them say it uh, live and, and to the public was was actually just kind of, I actually thought it was pretty uh, interesting and probably good for us. Um, I just thought it was embarrassing on their part, so...
5: And, Lorenzo, if you could uh, comment on this, um, I think it was Representative O'Donnell made the comment that he heard a lobbyist on the phone basically saying, you know, he would pay $50,000 to get a 12-to-2 nay vote changed to a 12-to-2 provost. Do you have any idea what he was talking about and the, the uh-huh. question further about the amount of money, lobbying money you spent, Did did, you, did it surprise you that they brought so much up about that today? I
4: mean, first of all, that comment by uh, O'Donnell is absolutely ridiculous. And no, that is absolutely, we have no, no uh, knowledge of any, anything like that. Um, you know, we, we invested in the sport, no different than we've done over the last uh, 15, 16 years. It's unfortunately part of the process. Um, you know, you, you, you hire lobbyists, you go in, you, you try to uh, talk about what your position is, and uh, try to educate people. Um, this process took us over eight years, so you know, it took some time. But uh, finally, we were able to get it done today. I think you asked early on, kind of what changed. I mean, the obvious thing, what changed was uh, we have had a new speaker, and uh, Speaker Hastie, who was um, at least uh, willing, whether or not he supported the bill or not, he was willing to let the democratic process play out, and that was more than can be said for, you know, the prior speaker. So, I mean, I think ultimately that, that is what changed, and now we're in a situation where, as Chris said, you know, you're able to see. Uh, with all the commentary that the various members of the assembly were able to come out, basically state their position. Obviously there was some uh, staunch opponents, but there was also obviously some very strong supporters. I think when you look at the fact that I believe the bill passed 113 to 25, I would say that, you know, if you go back and look at most bills that are voted upon in the state assembly, um, that would be an absolute landslide. So no different than we thought for the past however many years that uh, the bill had support and would pass if it had the opportunity to hit the floor. It finally did hit the floor. It finally did pass. And now we can, you know, uh, move on from, you know, what has been uh, talked about in the past and focus on trying to put on big events. So, Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
0: We go now to John Campbell with Gannett.
5: Hi, guys. Thanks for doing the call. Uh, you, uh, Lorenzo, you had mentioned that you, you were hoping to have two events in New York by the end of the year. Uh, I'm assuming one of those in New York City. Can you say where else you're planning on holding
6: an event?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously New York City is one, but we're also, you know, we committed that we were going to bring uh, four events per year, um, I think, for the first uh, couple, I know, years. couple years. Um, so the other event uh, would probably be somewhere in upstate New York, it uh, could be anywhere from Buffalo, Buffalo to um, Syracuse, Rochester, or even maybe Utica. Um, I've actually visited that arena myself. In fact, I think the same arch- architect who, who designed Madison Square Garden actually designed the uh, the small arena in Utica. So, we're still working on that now.
8: And
5: are you in active talks with, with any of those arenas?
4: Yeah. Actually, uh, the minute that the boat passed, we started uh, – our team started Calling various arenas and looking at what dates are available. Obviously, as I mentioned before, we don't want to put the cart before the horse. You know, still the governor has to sign the bill. The athletic commission needs to adopt and uh, uh, adopt the rules, prom- promulgate regulations. Um, I think there is what about 180 day period? 120 days. 120 days from when the governor signs the bill before we could actually hold the event. At least that's my uh, hold an event. That's my understanding of it. So. Um, you know, we're, we're we're hopeful that we'll be able to get at least two in by the end of the year.
5: Would you would, – are you hoping to get one in as soon as that 120-day period runs up?
4: It's going to have to work, you know, with the schedule of the arenas. You know, obviously, um, you know, when you talk about the two arenas in New York between Madison Square Garden and Barkley's, are very, very busy arenas. So um, we're going to have to – hopefully the stars will align and we'll be able to get that done. Um, and then, you know, once again, we're out already talking to arenas in Buffalo – Syracuse, Rochester, Utica, um, and we're we're confident that we'll be able to get dates that work, but uh, just a few things still need to play out before we're actually able to do it.
0: Thank you very much. Go now to Brett Callahan with WPIX New York.
7: This question is for Chris. Uh, Chris, tell me what does uh, the the uh, decision means for the fighters in New York, the local Long Island fighters, and building the sport among the community there. Uh, man, it's you know, just speaking to, for myself, I've been, I've been fighting now for seven years, and I've been missing out on opportunities to fight in front, in, front of, in front of my family, friends, and fans uh, here in New York. And so every year, you know, you're just hopeful, and then just kept falling through, falling through. So for it to finally happen, it's just a dream come true for me. It's a, it's a dream come true for all these New York fans. Now I don't have to worry about buying these tickets to Las Vegas uh, to watch, you know, the New York fighters uh, get in there and uh, or, or, or taking you know, long car rides to New Jersey. So it's great for everybody, and and you also, you know, it makes me reflect on like a guy like Matt He's got them working out now, and and he's had such a long career and one of the best fighters that that's been in the sport, and 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 he's retired now, so he missed out on his whole career fighting in New York, and so I reflect on that and feel bad for for him, but now he's able to coach, so he's he's going to enjoy that. But yeah, no, it's a it's it's a great day, it's just very very exciting to finally for it to finally happen. Thank you
5: so
6: much.
7: Hmm.
0: And we go now to Mark LaMonica with news with newsday.
6: Uh, question for for Mark Ratner. Uh, Mark, you've been at this in New York for a very long time. Can you just sort of talk about the the mood right now and the feelings you've got now that you you finally crossed this hurdle? Well, exhilaration. But I I was comparing it to like a uh, almost an eight year pregnancy. Finally, the baby was born tonight. So uh, that's the only way I can look at it. Uh, I, I look back and. Uh, it, it was frustrating uh, but um today i'm thrilled and then, and i don't look i don't care what happened in the past we go forward now and that's the great news all right thank you
0: and we go now to eben navi williams with bloomberg news
6: Hey, guys. I know you've been pretty vocal about the economic impact that that this will bring to
5: New York. I'm curious about what the economic impact will be uh, for you guys from a revenue standpoint,
7: uh, being able to operate in this state moving forward.
1: For us, I
4: mean, obviously, I mean, we think that, you know, first of all, New York is the biggest market uh, for us uh, in the United States already from a pay-per-view standpoint. It's the most important media market uh, in the United States, perhaps in the in the world. Um, we have high expectations when we you know do events at Madison Square Garden or in the arenas in upstate new york we're looking to literally uh, break the uh, gate records at each arena that we go to, and that includes uh, Madison Square Garden uh, when we eventually get there, hopefully by the uh, fourth quarter of this year. So you know we think it's going to be great we think it's going to be great for the fighters, great for the industry and once again i mean it's it's not just the UFC, but I think you're going to see uh, uh, other promoters such as Bellator which is owned by Viacom they will be doing events you also have mid-sized promoters as well as uh, smaller promoters and i think you'll see a lot of economic activity uh, that will happen within the state with a big uh, a big contribution to the state we think it's going to be going to be a big deal
5: what would you say the if there's an estimate what the what your gross receipts would be for
6: a UFC event at the garden
4: you know what we're still working on that and once again i mean uh, i got to go back i think the uh, We've got to go back and see what the record gate was. I think so far the record gate was uh, Holyfield versus Lennox Lewis, and uh, I don't know exactly what that number is offhand, but we would be uh, trying to potentially beat that number. Thank
8: guys.
0: We'll go now to Damon Martin with Fox, with Fox Sports.
8: Hey, guys. uh, First question uh, for you, Lorenzo. Uh, In terms of this first show, I mean, this has been so long talked about, this first show at Madison Square Garden. Obviously, we're way too far ahead to talk about matchmaking, but can you kind of give us a sense of how big this card would be? I mean, are we talking like UFC 200 level of promotion behind this first card in New York?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an epic moment for the sport and for our company. And, you know, obviously right now all of our focus is on uh, trying to put together the matches for UFC 200. But, you know, when we go to New York and we eventually debut at Madison Square Garden, uh, me and Dana and the rest of the team are going to be very focused on delivering for the fans, and we're going to put together the best available matches um, that we can, and uh, you'll have the biggest names that we can possibly put on, the biggest names that are available at the time, so believe me, we want to knock it out of the park, and we want to deliver to New York in a big
8: way. And a question kind of for Lorenzo and Mark. You know, we heard some pretty crazy arguments today from, uh, you know, from O'Donnell and, you know, some of the things comparing it to a public hanging. I mean, there were some pretty crazy things out there. I mean, are these things you guys have heard while stumping in New York these last few years? Because for a lot of us, it's the first time we've heard these really outlandish statements.
4: Yes, the answer is yes. I mean, we have been, Mark and his team as well as myself and even some of our fighters like Chris Weidman, um, have been you know up and down the halls of the the assembly talking and trying to educate different legislators and many of the things that you heard today uh, in the public forum were actually told to us um, you know in their offices or in in meetings. In fact, I was actually kind of surprised that some of the things were actually said publicly today um, it 's kind of shocking you know the way that uh, you know the opponent I really tried to paint not only the sport, but paint our athletes. And, um, you know, yeah, I was I was actually surprised that, that, that a lot of the, uh, the opponents that spoke actually said some of those things.
8: And one quick question for Chris Weidman. Chris, obviously I know you're excited. Your focus is UFC 199 and Luke Rockhold. But I'm curious, I mean, how much uh, more anticipation do you have for that fight now, considering a win, you know, you get the title back, you know, you may be headlining or obviously be a part of that New York event. I mean, is it even bigger now, this fight coming up uh, in June?
7: Yes. You know, the the vision gets even, even stronger now. Uh, you know, now I, I, I mean, I, I had to, def- I had to get my belt bagged, Uh but now just the the fact that I'm going to be able to defend my belt in Madison Square Garden in front of uh, old New York is just uh, crazy to even start, start to think about. So, uh, it definitely gets me uh, gets me more excited.
8: Awesome, thanks, guys.
0: We go now to Frank McCaffrey with Fox 40, Binghampton. Sir, your line is open. Again, that was Frank McCaffrey. Please check your mute function. With no response, we'll go to chamatkar Sandu with MMA Junkie USA Today. A uh, question for Chris. Um, there is a video going around on social media between uh, yourself, Aljamain Sterling, Matt Sarah and the gang all celebrating. When the news first broke in the gym, can you just describe the scene and how you guys are all feeling?
7: We were pretty much, uh, you know, obviously it's just shocked. Yeah. We were anticipating. We were... We're waiting for the decision. And then all of a sudden someone ran over with their phone as we're doing uh, jujitsu on the mats, and said it passed. And we just started going nuts. And then first thing we got to do, of course, is make a nice uh, social media <laughs> uh, video so everybody could kind of see what we're going through. But, yeah, everyone is so excited whether they're guys who are just, you know, doing – uh, MMA for fun or for exercise or if you're competing on amateur or pro level everyone is just beyond excited I mean living in New York having to uh, explain to uh, people who aren't educated uh, Educated on the sport why it's illegal is just something that everyone was kind of sick of doing all the time uh, But now to know that it's a legitimate sport uh, Here in New York and there's no more explaining to do. It's just a, it's a huge relief for everybody
0: Thank you and just one uh, for either Lorenzo Lawrence um We haven't heard from Dana White yet, is there there a comment, is there anything that um, you guys can can say on behalf of the UFC president?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously Dana is as, uh, um, you know, happy as everybody. Um, I think he just tweeted out, his message was, you know, he used to tweet out a map of the United States with all of the states that regulate mixed martial arts red, and then there was the one lone standout um, with New York being white. And obviously now the entire country is painted uh, and he tweeted that out. So obviously he's very happy. Uh, he's actually on a uh, uh, spring vacation with his family. So um, he, he's got, got got a few days off, which he well deserves.
0: Thank you very much, guys. We go now to Jimmy Vilkind with Politico.
3: Hi, guys. Uh, Lorenzo, can you talk about what the Athletic Commission needs to do? Mm-hmm. And given the fact that you had a, an eight-year saga to get through the state legislature, um, you know, how do you think that this body is going to, to 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 treat you, and are are there any potential hiccups there?
4: Well, I mean, certainly um, there's going to be a process. They're going to have to uh, adopt a rules. I think the good thing is that there already exists the unified rules of mixed martial arts. Um, you know, there's mixed martial arts have been going on now and regulated in 49 states in the United States. My understanding is they are a member of the. Uh, the Association of Boxing Commissions, which is kind of the, 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 the national group that gets together where all the commissions you know, adopt uh, standards and rules, and the Unified Rules of Mixed Martial Arts have been adopted by the, um, by the Association of Boxing Commissions. So um, once again, the model, I think, is already kind of in place. Uh, uh, ultimately, you know, we're, we're hopeful that they will just adopt what is already working and what already has uh, a history. Um, but we're happy to work with them, answer any questions, uh, participate in public hearings, whatever need be. Uh, we'll be there to uh, to assist them and, and give them input wherever they need it. And
6: I'll be and talking to
3: them uh, this week. Excuse Great. Me. Thank you, Mark. Um, and just as a follow-up, you know, here in the Empire State, we tend to do government um, with kind of extra special um, uh Characteristics and can you talk to me about what it's what it's been like? What's your, been your experience with New York State government? What do you think now that Will now you, that it's hopefully over?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is Lawrence. Uh, you know, we've uh, we've actually uh, been to almost every state legislature between California and Maine. We've been to legislatures uh, uh, all throughout the world. Um, you know, New York, though, it took uh, eight and a half years. Took a lot longer than any of those other jurisdictions. Really. Things were pretty much the same as Mark indicated previously. This is really an education process, and uh, you know it took us a little bit longer to get things done. But that was essentially uh, what we have to do in every jurisdiction, and and, you know it might have taken, as I said, a bit longer. But ultimately, uh, the uh, the facts and the uh, the rational arguments uh, were, were, were the winners at the end of the day. I mean, clearly, you know, one of the things that was slightly different about New York is that there was a very very vocal minority. And I think you saw some of that vocal minority uh, display today during the hearing. Uh, I don't think we, we've had uh, that type of vocal minority in, in any other jurisdiction. But, uh, but other than that, it, you know, it was pretty much the same as what we've experienced around the world. We had the facts and uh, all the strong arguments on our side. And though it took a little bit longer, we got to the same place, which is the regulation of mixed martial arts. Thanks.
0: We go now to Mark Romandi with MMAFighting.com.
2: Hey guys! Uh, congratulations on, on the bill passed today. Uh, first question, just for Chris. Uh, I know you've worked so hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for one, you know, uh, were, were, were you ever? Hey, I'm sorry. Terms? I'm sorry. To interrupt. I, I you, you broke up there. I don't know if anybody. Uh, I'm sorry, broke man. Up.
7: That's okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I okay, can. If you could repeat.
2: Yeah, I was saying. I know this has been. Uh, you have worked really hard in Albany to you know to lobby for this happening. Um, were you ever discouraged? Did you ever feel like it may never happen and and how fulfilled are you now that that it is happening?
7: Yeah, without a doubt, I was discouraged uh there there was a couple points over the years where I was like, you know people would start getting excited, and I was like,, ah, it's not happening, you know, and I was kind of just kind of negative about it um and then I flip flopped to the other side a few times where I was very optimistic about it. I think I slammed dunk. so uh you know, for it to finally happen, um, I was optimistic this year, especially being down in Albany and then we went to Buffalo, Rochester uh and i'm missing one other where else did we go um Syracuse. Syracuse there you go um you know after going there i, I you know just again we had, it felt like we had an overwhelming amount of support and uh and the people of new york were were educated within the poli- within uh the politics and um for it to finally happen it's just it's just an amazing feeling and like i said before it's not just the, the pro fighters or or the fans, all the people who are training at MMA gyms, training jujitsu, training wrestling, everybody, you know, everybody who's in a martial art. Uh, now now we have a legitimate sport here. Instead of having to argue with people on whether it's a legitimate sport or not, it, it, it's over now. It, it is a sport. Uh, nobody in New York could say otherwise. Um, so it's, just a, it's a great feeling.
2: How hard are you going to lobby to get on that first MSC show?
7: Uh, I think uh, – I, I think everybody knows my my expectations, and I think everybody's on the same page. I think you know everybody. Everybody wants you know uh, wants me to be happy. So of course, take I,
2: care I of definitely want to
4: be happy.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Lorenzo. Thanks, Chris. Um, just for Lorenzo, uh, I think Dana has said in the past that November was kind of the target month for uh, for MSG. Is that still kind of in your sights?
4: Yeah. I mean, look. I I think our sights are the uh, fourth quarter. Like I said, I think. There's 120 days after the governor eventually signs the bill, um, so kind of doing the math, that would put us in November, December, just by the time we could potentially get dates. You know, And it's gonna look, this is gonna be, I think we had a question earlier about how big is the event gonna be. It's gonna be massive. And when you do massive events, it takes time, it takes runway, it's gonna be a tremendous amount of promotion, a ton of marketing assets. We're gonna have to book you know, the, the, the fights that make sense for there, which will include Chris Weidman. And, um, you know, it's gonna be big, but I think fourth quarter fourth quarter is a is a good target for us, realistic if, if target. If you
2: guys if you guys do two shows um, before the end of the year, um, MSG would be the first one. You'd imagine that would be that would be the first one.
4: Not so sure about that.
2: Uh, okay, we're hoping that
4: it will be one, but I don't know that it will be the first one.
2: Gotcha. Um, there there have been uh, there's been talk that uh, Ronda Rousey could return in that general vicinity, <laughs> November December could she be someone that you guys might want to headline a Madison Square Garden card?
4: Of course. I mean, I haven't had any conversations with Rhonda um, about it, but like I said before, I mean, when we go to New York, we want to come uh, with a big event, and obviously any time Rhonda Rousey fights, that is clearly a big event. So, you know, that's that's to be seen.
2: Thanks. And uh, just for Mr. Radner, uh, Mark, I, I think everyone, everyone said you've been on the front lines in this fight. Were you ever discouraged? Did you ever feel like it wasn't going to happen? And now that it is that it is—you know, happening, how, how do you feel about it?
6: It was always a question of, of uh, when, never if for me. I, I really felt strongly that it would happen. It took longer than, uh, than we wanted. But um, as I said earlier, it's, it's well worth it. It's done, and uh, just, just look forward to our first shows, and uh, I'm excited. Great. Thank you,
2: guys, and congrats again.
0: And as a reminder, it is star one at this time if you would like to ask a question. And we'll go now to Dave Debert with Post Media.
3: Hi, you guys. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for the time. Uh, first one uh, for Lawrence or Lorenzo, and then follow-up for, uh, for Mark or Lorenzo. Uh, Lawrence or Lorenzo, uh, c- could you estimate uh, how much the company spent on lobbying? over uh uh, over the years to to help this happen
1: yeah i don't have the exact number in front of me Uh, i think uh that the ufc has has reported we've reported in the past it was uh, in excess of i think two million dollars that we spent over the last uh eight and a half years we started this campaign in december of 2007 just to put that in perspective uh, and uh, so, uh, as I said, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it was slightly in excess of two million dollars over that eight and a half year period.
3: Okay, thanks. And then, uh, I guess for for Lorenzo and Mark, uh, do you guys have any specific memories of uh, nineteen ninety seven? You know, during uh, during your time in uh, in Nevada, um, any specific memories of just all the all the commotion? that went down when mma was originally uh legalized in new york and then new york times happened uh the revote happened and eventually uh it was banned do you guys have any memories um you know in in your duties uh with uh with nevada uh, at the time
4: you know i'll speak for myself at that time i was uh, very very new to the commission and uh Really, uh, Mark, you can speak to it, but there were, from my perspective, there was really no chatter about it. Really, It wasn't really a, a big issue at the time. We were more focused on uh, what was going on in Nevada from a boxing standpoint. At that time, there were some massive events in Nevada between Mike Tyson and Oscar De La Hoya and a number of big events. But Mark was actually the executive director, so I'm sure he was he was fairly close, a lot closer to it than, than the commissioners were. And
6: no, and this is Mark speaking... Um, at, at that time, the advertising was no hose barred, no rules, anything goes. And, and I publicly said, you can never have a sport with no rules. And I, I had to come out against it because of that. But once the unified rules came into play, which was late 2000, early 2001, then the state of Nevada was able to approve the sport. But that was a very, very big meeting uh, in Newark, and that's where we uh, formulated the unified rules. Oh yeah. okay. All right, uh, thanks very much, you guys.
0: And we go now to Amy Dardashian with AXS-TV.
9: there, Amy Legal Analyst for Inside MMA, congratulations on the victory. Um, I have a few questions, if you'd be so gracious. First, uh, Chris and Lorenzo, any celebrations, formal or informal, planned here in New York in the coming days?
4: Um. I don't, we don't have any uh, celebrations here at the UFC. I think our focus is, once again, just working with the State Athletic Commissions, getting the rules done, and then ultimately our celebration will be when we finally hold our, our first event there in the fall. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure Chris might go out tonight and celebrate. What do you think?
7: Yeah, I mean, uh, as soon as we heard the news, we all yelled it as loud as we could to, we actually all fainted. So we're, pretty, uh, we're just trying to get ourselves <laughs> together now. Maybe, maybe we'll go out tonight. Who knows? It's yeah, so okay. definitely a time to celebrate and even more. 120 days from now when we actually are fighting here so can't wait
9: please let us know where you'll be um chris (laughs) lots of stereotypes and generalizations brought up today you responded to the allegations that the sport promotes domestic violence there were also some homophobic gay porn remarks made and it was suggested by assemblywoman glick that a certain type of person supports the sport the inference was that they are violent and Donald Trump supporters how do you respond to those stereotypes of the fans and your sport
7: you know, just like Lorenzo was saying before, a lot of this stuff, you know, you might have heard, uh, you know, when you went into their offices and you'd be shocked then, but th- for them to actually be saying on a public forum was was very surprising, and I was actually uh, embarrassed for them, and uh, I think it just kind of made them kind of look uh, just ignorant with their comments, and they were reaching as, as far as they possibly can to, to stop it from happening uh, for whatever reasons, um, and they were willing to to make themselves, uh, you know, kind of look bad in, in, uh, while they were doing it, so I was just surprised and, you know, so as a domestic abuse and all these different things, I mean, there's bad apples uh, in every, every, every type of uh, job, job there is, whether it goes from sports or, or, you know, just just normal day to day jobs. So for them to try to, you know, uh, point out domestic violence within within the sport and it's worse than the other sport, I think that's a, it's kind of a joke. I don't think there's any truth behind that.
9: Um, Lorenzo, similarly, there were many politicians today who expressed concern over long-term traumatic brain injuries arising out of the sport. The bill obviously funds future studies. Of course, we know fighters rest between bouts, but is there anything concrete the UFC plans to do, such as introducing protective gear or additional rules to protect fighters from long-term brain damage?
1: Yeah, this is Lawrence Epstein. I'll go ahead and answer that one. The answer is we're already we're already doing a bunch of concrete things. Namely, the most significant being uh, the participation that we've had for the last five years and the commitment that we've made for the next five years to uh, the uh, Cleveland Clinic uh, study that uh, we're uh, we are doing here in Las Vegas and, and also in conjunction with Cleveland Clinic facilities around the United States. Uh, the goal of that study is twofold. Number one. To determine whether or not certain athletes, based upon their physiology, are predisposed towards brain injury. And two, to try to determine whether or not there are early indications of brain injury uh, that uh, can be seen on images that uh, can uh, be seen before an individual starts manifesting symptoms. If an individual does start showing those Uh, small change in the brain, uh, they would be unable to uh, participate in either boxing or mixed martial arts events. As I said, we funded this study for the last uh, five years along with uh, uh, Bellator, Viacom, uh, and uh, several of the boxing promoters, including uh, premier boxing championships. Um, We've just committed and recently announced a five-year, $1 million commitment to continue that study, so uh, we're very hopeful that during the next five years, Uh, We're going to have a a fairly definitive test that will be similar to what we have right now for eye exams. So every mixed martial artist or uh, boxer before uh, he or she is licensed have to pass an eye exam. If, for example, that test shows a detached retina or some eye injury, the athlete is not permitted to be licensed and therefore cannot fight. We want to get in that same uh, situation for uh for the brain and we're very hopeful that uh, we'll accomplish that in the next five years so that's what what we're doing to make sure that uh, the sport is, is safe as it possibly can be
9: thank you two two quick questions um lorenzo i know there were some insinuations about the first fight um you didn't specifically say it would be at madison square garden but there were some rumblings that msg has been reserved for november can you uh, confirm whether it's been reserved for November. Also, are you looking at the Barclays as a possible first fight venue? And um, can you confirm that Chris will be on that first card, given that he has lobbied so hard for your organization? I know there were some jokes before, but can you concrete? We are
7: that? we are new best friends. Good job. Keep it up. <laughs> hey, I thought we were best friends
4: before. What are you talking about? Um, the uh, <laughs> no, talking
9: about her. Talking about oh, gotcha. Um, her. He's got a new allegiance. There you
4: go. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, getting back to that, I mean, our first major event, we expect to be at Madison Square Garden. I will tell you one thing. They have been incredible supporters of uh, the MMA bill from day one. You know, we talked about starting this thing eight, eight and a half years ago. um, And they have been right by our side all the way through. I will say, and as well, the Barclays uh, and the ownership in that group and the the leadership in that group have also been big supporters. We anticipate that the first major event will be at Madison Square Garden. Um, we haven 't signed any contracts we don 't have any exact dates held. We are talking to them about uh, some potential weekends, but once again it 's kind of hard to do until we know exactly uh, as far as you know signing a contract and, and, and putting up you know non refundable deposits until we know exactly when uh, we can do that it 's going to be uh, difficult to, to actually do that uh, with that said we 're also as I mentioned looking at uh, some other markets I mean we went up there we we met with uh, city leaders, arena owners, uh, and arena management in all the major upstate cities, and uh, told them we want to bring events up there economic impact, and we're going to do exactly what we said we were going to do, which is bring events up there. So that could be a possibility, too, before the end of the year.
9: And as for Chris being on that card, is that still up for discussion? How heavy with New York fighters will that card be, that first card? Look,
4: I think we're gonna do what what makes sense. I mean, I think the overall number one goal is to bring the biggest, most relevant fights that are available at that time. Um, And then obviously, um, if we can accomplish that with having as many New York fighters on the card, we absolutely will do that. I mean, we're gonna, the great thing is we got a lot of great, a ton of great fighters from New York, obviously Long Island, uh, some other parts of New York, and we're gonna do our best uh, to put as many of those fighters on the cards as possible because you know, obviously, we want to want to play to the hometown crowd. We want them to have the experience of uh, for the first time finally fighting at home, which I think is going to be a big deal.
9: And lastly, from Mark or Lawrence, whoever wants to take this um, since you guys were involved in the fight here in New York on the front line, so to speak, as Mark said. Um, Mark, can you talk about the influence of the culinary union? There were some mentions today by some opponents who didn't feel it was that influential. I know Deborah Glick has said she hadn't heard of, of their influence in the past. In your experience, were they a power player in keeping MMA illegal all these years?
6: Well, my feelings are that uh, I look to the future, not to the past, and uh, whatever they did, they did, and uh, it's a new day, and I'm uh, just thrilled that we're going to have fights in New York.
1: Hey, and this is Lawrence. The only thing I didn't want to clear up in that hearing, though, is you know, some of these legislators were saying they had never been contacted. There's an irrefutable fact that is as follows. The only entity other than us that ever formally registered to lobby on this issue was Culinary Local 226 from Las Vegas. They hired a, uh, a firm in Albany uh, named Met- called Metropolitan Public Strategies, I believe, uh, and they hired a gentleman by the name of Neil Quatra. They're on record. It's been filed. So uh, whether they contacted certain legislators, I don't know. But I can tell you, if you check the records, in, in, in the last several years, they have formally registered to lobby on this issue. And they are the only other entity that did besides us. That's and an irrefutable fact.
9: Since it's presumed Boom. that was a direct attack on you, um, on this day where you have been victorious, what's your message to them?
1: Well, the message is exactly what Mark said, which is you know, we, we're looking towards towards the future. And uh, you know, uh, as I said, I just wanted to clear that up because there was some some uh, discussion out there among the legislators. They didn't know what we were talking about, and, and that's that's obviously silly based upon the facts that I just laid out.
0: And with that, we'll go to Kevin Yoli with Yahoo Sports.
1: I just wanted to ask
5: two more follow-up questions. Um, Mark, you alluded to your interview on the Larry King Show a little bit ago, but I wonder, were there times where you felt like that interview was going to come back to haunt you and that they may use, you know, your words against you during this whole process?
6: Uh, No, because what I said then was it wasn't a sport then, because they kept on saying no holds barred, no rules, anything goes. And and I certainly was able to, uh, with our commission, Once they put the unified rules in, it was very simple to get the sport approved. Then it was a sport. So uh, I never worried about that. Uh, Certainly, I've I've seen the the video of it. I had dark hair way back then, so uh, I looked better then.
5: Okay, great. Thanks. And Chris, I just wanted to get your reaction to this because I think those of us who have covered fighting for a long time have a good feel for this, but I wanted to get it from a fighter standpoint. A lot of the legislators today brought up concerns about traumatic brain injury and, you know, they they mentioned the NFL and a lot of the stuff that goes on. From a fighter standpoint, you know, how, how would you argue that they're not correct and that, that in fact, this is a, you know, I know it's a contact sport, but a safer sport and that the risk isn't inordinate. What would your argument be if you could address them now on that topic that they brought up so much today?
7: Well, you know, it's a it's a sport where, you know, I'm doing it by choice. Like one of the legislators brought up, and, and it's like any other physical sport out there like football, um, boxing, uh, judo there's going to be there's there, there's chances that you're going to get hurt and it's the risk that we take to do what we love and um, yeah so I mean um, I mean uh, you just it, when, when it's properly regulated um, like it is now finally going to be um, it's it's a very very safe sport safer than a lot of other sports that are out there um, you know one thing that you know what's kind of said today and people are starting to get is that MMA was legal in New York for amateur level which is pretty much the same rules as pro and these guys were getting getting hurt with no with no insurance there was no blood testing there was no drug testing um it was very unsafe what was going on in New york this is this is what just happened today is a way to make this 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 um this sport safer thank
5: you chris and finally uh, if i can ask lawrence uh, did you as part of you know going in this process, did you attend any of the so-called underground events, The you know, the amateur events that were going on, and did you witness things like, you know, no ambulance there, or did you see any of the atrocities that a lot of us have talked about over the years? Did you see that firsthand for yourself?
1: No, I did not, no.
0: Thank you. We'll take one final question from Jim Genia with cageinsider.com.
3: All right. this is a question for uh, Lorenzo and Mark and Lawrence. Uh, you're now on the other side of a years-long battle. Uh, looking back, is there anything you would have done differently?
1: Yeah, this is Lawrence. You know, I, I don't think so. I, I think we, we really handled ourselves in, in the same way we handle ourselves in every jurisdiction, not just in the United States, around the world. Uh, we, we present the facts. Uh, we, uh, I, think are res- I know we are respectful to everybody we meet with, even those that maybe don't agree with our position. Um, and uh, we used, uh, frankly, to get this thing done, our, our best advocates, which are guys like Chris Weidman and other athletes. Um, we never could have got this done without uh, the, the great athletes that went up and, and met with legislators and talked to them about uh, their experiences. You know, we can go up there as executives of the company and talk all day long, but what really carried the day were people like Chris and others who spent their time to educate legislators, not just on who the sport who, what the sport is, but who are the participants in the sport, and that speaks louder than, than any deck you can present or any studies you can provide.
4: Yeah, I mean, and, I think that Mark, was, Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Oh, no. Jim, I just
6: want to say thank you to you, too, because you were a very big advocate for us, and uh, uh, I really appreciate it.
4: Thanks. Absolutely. Oh, thanks. It was, pleasure is mine. Here, too. Uh, Jim, you obviously have always been a big advocate, but I think, as Lauren said, I mean. We took the approach i mean we weren't combative uh we always tried always did handle ourselves in a professional manner uh we were patient throughout the process when maybe at times um we shouldn't have been patient but we just continued to uh stay on message stay on target as lawrence mentioned our athletes uh came up and i think made a world of difference uh which let me tell you what it's not easy they all have things they have to do they have families they took time out came up to albany um, educated uh, different legislators and I'm sure at times as they were being uh, bombarded and blasted with uh, all kind of crazy comments and um, uh, things that, that our opponents were saying to them, you know, they obviously uh, stayed calm and uh, stayed professional and uh, that's really been the way that I think uh, that we, we handled ourselves in this thing and wouldn't change, change it at all.
3: Thanks. Thank you
4: very much.
0: Thank you. And this concludes our conference. We thank you for your participation. Thanks.
7: Thanks. Thank Thanks, you guys. guys. Take
2: care. All right. Well, we'd love to know what you guys think. Are you willing to make the trip to see UFC in New York later this year, next year? A long trip, short trip? Oh, We've we got to know if it's a yes or no. This is going to be a huge. A crucial developing story for the UFC and for combat sports it's been a pleasure to bring you guys this just leave a comment below we can't wait to read all of your thoughts and on the subject of UFC and combat sports you know TSC Gamer just came out with a UFC 2 review and find out what Fred Ricciani thinks about it and check out all the other UFC headlines and their past coverage we really appreciate it thanks again for tuning on in we'll see you guys later down the road